Welcome to the Slow the Fuck Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm drama healer Elizabeth Menzel. We're here to help you find the silver lining and slowing the fuck down throughout the pandemic and beyond. Let's do this. On today's episode, slow the fuck down with criticizing the hell out of the people you live with. Welcome and thank you for being part of our conversation. By the end of the show, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. This isn't just a podcast where we're talking at you. This is your chance to have a positive experience of actually slowing down. So take a deep breath, let your body relax, and soak in our soothing support. So, so far during this pandemic, we've focused on how slowing down helps soothe your anxiety and be easier on yourself. Some of us are still sheltering in place, and the people you live with could be driving you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's in a li different living situation. Casey and I just live with our partners, but you could be with a partner or your partner and kids or just kids or roommates or now, especially because of the pandemic, you could be with your in-laws. You could be living with your ex or soon to be ex and your criticism <laughs> could be turned up to 11 right now, even if you're alone. If you want to learn how to create peace with your people and harmony in your home, we dedicate this episode to you. And this is a very full topic, this topic of criticizing others. And we're having to navigate this while being in a pandemic, while sheltering in place with this threat of a virus all around us. And then on top of everything is the pain of the latest wave of racial injustice sparked by the murder of George Floyd. And our hearts are especially with our brothers and sisters of color during this time of reckoning. And we support you. And we want you to know we are stepping up our allyship. Yes, and please visit our Facebook page for a vast list of resources so you can take positive action to create more racial equality in your community. And racial equality is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Yeah. And it's going to take all of us being more active to create systemic change and keep racial justice moving forward. Yes, and we are committed to keeping racial justice moving forward. Yes. So we're all feeling some extra inner tension and tempers can be short. And we tend to take out our frustration on the people we live with. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. Yeah, I invite everyone to just take an inhale in and an exhale out. So John Gottman, who is a expert in couple studies, um, concluded that the best predictor of divorce is when one or both partners show contempt in a relationship. <laughs> no, no. no surprise. <laughs> Sorry, just no surprise. I left my husband. <laughs> <laughs> well, and because words matter, they define contempt as the opposite of respect. Mm -hmm. And it's often expressed with negative judgment, criticism, or sarcasm. And um, contempt works like a poison and it can destroy the health and well being of a relationship. Well, that is for sure. It can definitely destroy the health and well being of a relationship. And I know that you know, hey, we're conscious AF, and we try to be really great communicators, but we're not perfect. Uh, you know, we can still end up criticizing sometimes, and we know that criticizing makes things worse, 
So today we're going to help you with what we've learned so that you can stop criticism before you take it out on other people. And I read this article that um, talked about the two, top two ways that conflict is created in the home, and that was money and expectations, and that you have to learn how to manage both well. Yeah, those are definitely two hot topics. <laughs> mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really love that um, you taught me is this yeah. concept. Yeah, you taught me. <laughs> and it's the concept of same team. Mm. I know that you and your partner, Dale, use this idea of same team. And, and I love this because when you're dealing with conflict and criticism, regardless of, of what it's about, it's very easy to want to get frustrated and take it out on the other person. But when you shift it from, I'm trying to be right, to actually we're in this together, we're on the same team, it makes it a lot easier to be less critical and to be kinder to your partner. Yeah, and I, I wish I could take the credit for that one, but that was all Dale. Uh, he, he's the one that taught me same team. And I came into this relationship with a lot of uh, baggage and a lot of past trauma in relationships. And I, was, I didn't know that I was caught in a win-lose cycle but that's what I was caught in. And he really taught me, hey, I'm on your side. I'm on your team. We can both win here. There doesn't have to be a loser. And so that was <laughs> a totally new concept for me. Um, and he really, he, he's been so uh, generous and kind teaching me over and over again. Now it's natural for me, but man, he had his work cut out for him. It was not easy to, to really get me over that win-lose uh, perspective of looking at everything. And we're steeped in it, right? It's, it's, as a woman, we have to deal with sexism, right? We're in a patriarchal culture that sets us up as the loser. Um, and we have to sort of fight for it, right? And obviously our brothers and sisters of color know that all too well too, that, that there's a winner, and there's a loser, right? There's the 99% the is losers and the 1% are winners. So we're really caught in this dynamic, not just inside myself or in my relationship, but in our society. It's everywhere. Yeah. And even when you were saying that story and you were talking about, you know, Dale presenting the option of this being a win-win, in my whole body, I just felt like this, like, ah. <sighs> kind of this soothing relaxation around it because it is a kind of a radical concept, but it just feels so much easier. And yeah. I know, yeah. Once you get good at it, I'll tell you what it is. It's more fun, mm -hmm. right? Because instead of, instead of being defensive and getting hypercritical either of myself, right? There's like, we either take it out on ourselves or we take it out on others. We're imploders or exploders. I'm a serial imploder. <laughs> I take everything out on myself. Um, but when we get out of that cycle, right? It's, well, in a way, I guess it's a cycle of violence, really, right? It's, I'm being hard on myself or I'm being hard on the other. I'm tearing myself down or I'm tearing you down, right? But when we come to that place of win-win, same team, things just get more fun. Like our home 
is very lighthearted, is very fun. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for the, for the atmosphere of my home. It's, I feel like it's a, it's a calming and uplifting place to be. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. It's great. And I want other people to know that, that no matter what dynamic you're in now or that you've brought forward from your childhood, you can actually create a really happy, harmonious home where you don't get caught in a cycle of criticizing each other. Um, you can be on the same team. You can both win. Yeah. And part of that is that everyone contributes. Mm. You know, right. Sort of everyone contributes and you're clear about how you can contribute. Yeah. Yeah. That everyone's pitching in. There's a movie called Happy. Oh, you mean my favorite movie? My favorite <laughs> documentary? <laughs> It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. I, good. I watch that thing like three or four times a year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little addicted to that movie. <laughs> if you ever need to be in a good mood, it's absolutely one to put on there. But I think my favorite part is when they talk about, um, they show how in Denmark, that family that lives together is a bunch of families and how the kids are just raised with the expectation that they do the dishes. Right. Right. It's a whole pack of kids. Right. And like every night they just automatically, they get up, they go clean all the the dishes and they have fun doing it. Like they're, they're talking, they're laughing, they're catching up on their day and it's so natural. Right. And I, I've seen, um, I don't have kids, but I've been around a lot of kids and I, and I watch, I'm always watching people's dynamics. Right. I'm watching dynamics, seeing patterns, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. And I've noticed that in households where the kids aren't part of the team, they don't contribute, there's a lot more tension and a lot more criticism between parents and kids. And I've also witnessed in houses like the one that you said, that you said from the movie, I've seen kids just like automatically like, oh, can I take your plate? Which is so freaking sweet, you know? <laughs> They're so cute in their little voice. Oh, can I take your plate? And, and they just automatically go, oh, rinse stuff off, put it in the dishwasher, clean it, right? It's that sense of creating community within your home, right? And that, oh, we're all here to work together. Because if you're not working together, you're working against each other. Yeah. And I think even with, you know, the sheltering in place and people's living situations changing, that's even more important than ever is yeah. recognizing that, that teamwork, that same team, yeah. working together, everyone contributing, it makes everybody's life easier. And while that sounds so simple, there are a lot of homes that that's not the case. And it actually makes it significantly harder for one person. Well, even with Dale and I, right, we have excellent communication skills and we still had to work it out we still had to figure out right because we don't we're very conscious to not get stuck in gender roles so we want to be really conscious about um, who does what around the house and we want each other to be happy I want to be happy he wants to be happy right and like you can think like oh the man should take out the garbage um, Dale hates taking out the garbage that is his least favorite job and while it is a gross job, it kind of doesn't trigger me or bother me in the same way that it does him. But for some reason, I don't like bringing the garbage cans in. So often, but not always, we'll, we'll all take out the garbage or we'll take it out together. 
but you know, he gifts me by, by usually being the one to bring them back in. So we find ways to make it work, right? You find ways instead of bitching about him not always doing it, you, you find a, a happy compromise, but I like the word win-win better. <laughs> yeah, and if there are already tasks that one of you either prefers more or doesn't mind doing as much, right? that's a great way to help assign it. Hey, this is the thing for you. This is the thing for me. That right there creates less contact or um, conflict. Conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's in charge of technology, technology in the home because you sure as hell don't want me in, in charge of technology in the home. <laughs> you're, you're techie AF, Liz. I'm getting so techie AF now. I'm getting pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find that when I... Uh, slow down and mm -hmm. carve out some me time I'm also much less critical of my partner oh for sure I am so crabby if I don't have enough me time and we're lucky right we don't have kids we don't have other uh, people taking our attention as much um, we're not in codependent relationships <laughs> we're in happily healthily interdependent relationships um, so I think it's uh, easier for us to get me time and alone time um but it's so important to carve out that time carving the the time to be separate can look in whatever way it needs to look for you and your particular living situation mm -hmm. um, as long as you communicate that to the people in your household you could your me time can be in the backyard it can be in a bedroom it can be an office car garage nature if you don't have that much space just create partitions mm -hmm. but i found that communicating that uh, has been extremely important in, in my relationship um <laughs> it was kind of one of the things in the beginning where i need my me time <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i i started a business called me time coaching it's kind of kind of important <laughs> kind of a big deal to you <laughs> yeah but in in when you when you're you know, able to carve out a little bit of that separation time too. It's amazing just how much more in peaceful that it makes the relationship and how much less likely I am, uh, I am to want to criticize my partner. Right. And during the pandemic, I think people have to really put some extra effort into creating that me time, right. And, and somehow getting into their own little bubble, their, their own little away, whether they dissolve into a book or like you said, into the backyard or, taking a walk, you know, just somehow getting that me time. I remember when my um, grandfather was uh, dying of cancer and my grandmother was his main caretaker. Her main thing was going for a walk every day and she would walk five to seven miles, right? Because she had all of that stress that needed to move out of her system. And in her wisdom, she knew that movement got stress out. And so she would do that for herself. That's how she carved out me time. And she would just have a neighbor come over for that amount of time. So whatever your situation is, please find a way to work, a way for it to work for you to get some me time. And I wanted to share too, I've witnessed uh, some of my, my clients that have kiddos. One of the things that they shared is that carving out the me time helped them be less critical on their families. Yeah. It helped them slow down. And then it also helped them model what healthy boundaries look like for their kids. 
And I thought, wow, like how, how great would that be? You know, growing up, knowing, <laughs> knowing about healthy boundaries, knowing about me time. I'm just like, I'm honestly so impressed by, by the people that I work with who are these super moms. I'm just like, go you and dads, super moms and dads and yeah, caregivers. I think, I think to be a, a, a super mom, dad, or caregiver, it's like one of the top requirements is making sure that you're taking care of yourself too. Because it can be so easy to take care of everyone else and not take care of yourself and you become the last on the list and then your needs don't even get taken care of and that's going to definitely up your um, crankiness level and your wanting to blame and criticize others. When your needs don't get met, you will automatically criticize others more. It's going to happen. Yeah, and the, you know, the atmosphere in your home is so important to your mental well-being that we're going to actually dedicate a whole nother episode on creating peace in your home and making it a safe nurturing haven because we couldn't fit everything we wanted to into this episode so we're just going to do another one specifically on that for you so watch out for that yeah i'm so excited about that one yeah <laughs> It's cool. And so today in our skills, we're going to go over when is the right time to communicate and when is the right time to press pause and then how to get your point across without criticizing. And we will get right into that after this commercial break and word from our sponsor. If you're ready to shake off the stress of the pandemic, then get your ticket for the virtual non-linear movement method class, June 13th, and advanced class is June 20th. This is the method that neurobiologists recommend to get accumulated stress chemicals out of your cells, and it has worked wonders for me. I no longer have chronic pain in just two months of practicing it, so I really want you to come to this class. It's open to men and women, and it's free for essential workers. So all you have to do is go to thehappywomanacademy.com, click on the hot pink button and grab your ticket. I will see you at the next nonlinear movement method class. We do at least two per month. See you soon. Hi, it's me, Mother Nature. A single act of kindness can be like throwing seeds in all directions. Those seeds take root and grow trees that bear fruit. Never underestimate the impact of your kindness. And now for your slow the fuck down skills. So how do you know when it's a good time to communicate? I get this question all the time with my mm -hmm. clients. Mm -hmm. And the answer is the traffic light check-in. It's the traffic light check-in. Yeah. Check so the short answer to that question, how do you know when it's a good time to communicate is when you get a green light. A green light feels calm, centered, clear-headed not triggered. Green means go. Green means go. If you feel the opposite, highly triggered, agitated, your thoughts are everywhere, you're feeling lots of pressure, that's a red light. If you get a red light, it means stop, slow the F down, and do not communicate at that time. Now, if you're not sure, that's a yellow light. That means it's time to slow the F down, but maybe take more time to process your emotions or gather information so that you can make an informed decision. For example, two weeks ago, I was about to talk to my partner about our finances, but I got this inner feeling that said to wait. 
And I sat with it and I realized that I needed to get more information before talking to him. That's a yellow light. Later that day, I checked my bank account and saw that it was overdrawn. Oh no. <sighs> I accrued late fees. I was on the phone with banks, utility companies, like for three hours trying to figure it all out. It was, it was a hot mess. And so I felt super agitated and I wanted to talk to him. But when I checked in, and I did my traffic light check-in, mm -hmm. I got a big red light. Mm. So I stopped. Great. And I realized, okay, I got to check in with myself again before I talk to him. So I went for a walk, had some me time. And once I felt calm and centered, I then checked in, got the green light, and asked if he was open to talk. Excellent. So you were able to really get it under control and just not explode on him. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And when you, when you're in that moment of ah, agitation, right? When you're in that red light space, this is such a great tool because it's simple traffic light. You're like, okay, what am I? Red, yellow, green. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know green is yes. Red is no. Yeah. Let's take more time. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, Perfect. I love yeah. it. Great yeah. skill, Casey. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. So Casey just taught you when is the right time to communicate and when is the right time to press pause. And I'm going to teach you how to get your point across without criticizing by using the all-time best communication tool that I've ever found in my whole entire life. And it's called nonviolent communication. And I love it so much. And it's just four steps. It's your observation, your feelings, your needs, and your request. And that request is where you bring in the win-win that we love so much. I'll give you an example that is from real life. So when Dale and I first got together, um, our biggest uh, point of conflict, and I would criticize him, was for being really dirty in, with the dishes. We lived in this tiny uh, Hollywood apartment without a dishwasher, hardly any counter space, and there was just always tons of dishes. I don't know how there were so many with just two people, but there were. <laughs> and so I, uh, at the beginning, was not as good with using my MVC. <laughs> and so I would get really bitchy and blamey about him making a mess with the dishes. Um, so it's this point of uh, criticism and fighting between us. Then we got better at using NVC. And so this is what it could sound right, like. So instead of saying like, you're always so messy with the dishes. Why are you leaving so much dishes in the sink? I could say, when I see dirty dishes on the counter, I feel angry because I need more respect and cleanliness. Could we come up with a win-win solution for dealing with the dishes that works for both of us? So the observation, my feeling and emotion about it, the need behind my emotion, and my request. So you just fill in those four things instead of criticizing and exploding all over the other person. Gosh, and that just sounds like such a clear way to communicate. <laughs> it it's sounds so clear, clear and it is simple. I love how simplified it is because actually you can download this worksheet from cnvc.org and I highly suggest you do, highly suggest you read the book, but I will tell you that I was so disconnected from my own needs that um, I didn't even know how 
to fill in the needs part. I had a boyfriend at the time tell me, I always hear what you don't want. I never know what you do want. I didn't even know how to name what I wanted or needed. So um, that can be really tricky for people. The other part where people can get really hung up is they say words that they think are feelings, but they're not actually feelings. They're actually blame words. And they make the other people, they put the other person on the defense. Because just Mm -hmm. like blaming him for making a mess in the kitchen instead of saying, I see dirty dishes. If I said instead, you disrespect me, you don't have enough respect for me, right? Like I hear people say that, like, I feel disrespected. Well, disrespected isn't an emotion. Mm. An emotion would be angry or maybe sad. So on that CNVC website, they give you a list of emotions and a list of blame words, Mm. right? (laughs) blame words very powerful so blame words are things like uh uh, abandoned or what else can you come up with casey cheated cheated yes oh my god i've heard that one um neglected they're words that you're saying the other person is doing this so of course you're going to keep fighting and going round and round and round in a circle of fighting right you're not going to come to a solution that way because emotions are made to be felt and you can't really do anything else with them. So trying to find a solution for emotions is never gonna work, but you can find a solution to meet a need. So being really clean about saying emotions, and I always say like, um, they, ha- they supply you with this huge list of emotions, but until you get good at it, I hear people, I help my clients with this all of the time, they fill in blame words all of the time. So I'm like, okay, Let's take it down to the four basic emotions, anger, sadness, frustration, happiness. Boil it down to that until you can get really good at using just emotion words that aren't blame words. And then the next thing is get really familiar with needs. What are basic human needs? Respect, trust, safety, clarity. I need understanding. Instead of saying, you don't understand me saying, I need understanding. You bring it home, you own it within yourself, and that totally cuts down on the criticism. So this is a simple method, but not that easy to learn until you really get into it. I actually joined a practice group. I carried around a little card in my wallet with my list of needs since I was so unfamiliar with what my needs were. And I actually trained three different times with Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, who created this. I remember when I first tried this, I brought the four question printout to Mm -hmm. my partner and I was like, okay, are you, do you want to try this? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay. And we, (laughs) I, I, you know, after doing years of, you know, self-work and body awareness and every certification under the sun. It was just like, oh my gosh, I'm having a really hard time identifying my needs and my emotions. And to this day, I'm still, you know, newbie with it, but I still have to reference that list. And I can't tell you how clarifying it is. It's like, it feels like a relief. It really is. And it goes both ways. So there's um, speaking and listening with empathy. So it's really this tool to bring people together. 
and uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. Please, please, please get the book, Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life, and go on that site, cnbc.org, and check it out. I have it on every single one of my training courses. We do NVC, and we write it out, and I will tell you people, write it out. It makes the biggest difference in the world, because once you write it out, like take yourself away from the conflict, go write out your, your NVC, because sometimes it diffuses the conflict and you don't even know, need to go talk to the other person. <laughs> yes, I've experienced that multiple times. <laughs> and then it's empowering because it's like, yeah. I can meet my own need. Right, right, right. It really takes you out of a cycle of codependence. And, you know, on this, in this pandemic, in this lockdown, in this really hard time, uh, people are seeing what their communication strengths and weaknesses are, and they're learning whether or not they're codependent. It is becoming glaringly obvious. It's just such a peaceful way to communicate and it's such a way to build self-awareness and I'm excited to get better and better. Yeah, me too. I keep, you know what? I, I swear to you, it is why after 12 years of being with Dale, we are so happy and harmonious and we're such great communicators is this is what we use. You, you now know our secret. People ask us all the time why we're so happy. NVC is one of the best things. And you know, sometimes your needs just don't match, right? So you can use this and you can be like, oh, you know what? We got to let this one go because <laughs> we can't even find a win-win here. Like some things you just have to drop. And it's such a great tool for um, people who are dating to find out if they're actually compatible. Because if you're in touch with your needs and the other person is, you can see like, oh, wow, we match in a lot of places. Or wow, we, you know what? Too many of our needs, like we're just not gonna be compatible. Listen, my ex-husband and I, we were just not compatible. Our needs did not match at all. Yeah. So it, it's a really great tool of discernment for that too. Yeah. And I like how that takes the blame off the person. Yes. You know, I have my certifications in love, sex and relationship coaching. And so many times I hear this desire to want to blame the other person or they don't do this, they don't do that. And it's like, you know what? You just have different needs. Yeah. And if you acknowledge that and worked on it, yeah, you can act from that place instead of a place of blame and criticizing, which is, doesn't really right. do anything, but get people fired up. And we use it for big things and little things, like really huge issues, and then just the tiny minutiae of everyday living. And instead of staying in this uh, cycle of resentment and blame and conflict, um, we actually can go through this within a few minutes. And boom, we're done. We're out the other side. We're happy again. We're in love. <laughs> yeah. It's great. We're here to help you take your healing deeper. Go ahead and set up a consultation with each of us on our website, slowthefdownshow.com. And now it's time for the Slow the Fuck Down playlist. Casey, what is your slowdown song for us today? My slowdown song is by Nako, and it's called Tus Pies, which is Your Feet. And I absolutely love this song. Uh, it's so cute. I went on to the website to look up the meaning of it. And it says, we humbly dedicate this song to those strong allies in our lives that have been anchors, beacons, and pillars through the ups and downs of life. Oh, that is so beautiful. Um, and everyone remember, we can't put these awesome songs here because we don't have the 
legal rights to play all this music, but we do have it all posted on our Facebook page. So be sure to go there. Our Facebook page is Slow the F Down Show. <laughs> mm -hmm. My favorite slowdown song is Dr. Feelgood by Aretha Franklin. I love this song. Um, you know, if you don't know it, please go to our page and listen to it. Uh, uh, we're putting up a 1968 version of her singing it. It gives me chills. It's, it's, it's it slows me down and lifts me up in all the right ways. <laughs> <laughs> and we listened to this song before we recorded the podcast. And I love it because Aretha's voice just kind of like, she hooks you and you build all this anticipation. And then she just like, bah, delivers. And she's <laughs> it's so great. So good. Our third slowdown song um, was given to us by musician Carl Liker. And um, it is a 432 hertz miracle tone to raise the, uh, the vibrations of your home and help you be more harmonious in your home. So go ahead and listen to that because it is chill AF. <laughs> yes, when I heard I imagined myself like cleaning or gardening or just doing something I could just totally zen out. Absolutely, it's so cool. So you can definitely get a chill, your chill out on with that one. So Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? Um, I think geeking out about NVC was my favorite part of today's show. It's just helped me so much. It's like, I want to give it to everybody. What was your favorite part of today's show, Casey? It was the same. It was no. the same. Yep. NVC is just one of those tools that um, allows you to really get more self-awareness and a better understanding of yourself and it helps you show up uh, better to others and I think that that's one of the most important things we can do. Absolutely, absolutely. Well we really hope you use NBC then because man we are giving it a big plug on our next episode, Slow the Fuck Down with Clutter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be kind to those you live with and enjoy your slowdown. Do you have a slowdown story? Submit it with the hashtag MySlowdown on our Facebook page, Slow the F Down Show. <laughs> <laughs>